Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. We're about helping people, and we don't help people with natural means and methods. We help people by the supernatural, ever-living, incorruptible seed of the Word of God that lives and abides forever. This book has not lost its relevance. This book has not lost any of its power. It is still the same power that when Jesus spoke the Word in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the same power that comes on the scene when we speak and repeat and confess that same Word. Word in 2021 the bible says the word of god is quick and it is active it is sharper than any two-edged sword that means nothing can compare to it medication cannot compare to the power of the word uh psychology and psychiatry cannot compare to the power of the word of god human ability and strength cannot compare to the power that is released when simple faith is placed into this book and i want to remind you today the bible says as the heavens will pass away there's there's things that people do methods that people use today to try and you know gain victory in whatever they're facing that those methods that uh sorry that they used yesterday are no longer even relevant today the heavens will pass away the earth is going to move on to new things and adapt new methods but the word of god will never pass away the bible says forever his word is settled in the heavenlies people always come to me and and they ask me can you please have do you have time for special prayer for this or special prayer for that and i have no problem pay, praying for people but ultimately your breakthrough comes when you have a, a an encounter with the word of god that's what happened with moses moses encountered the burning bush and what happened the fire of god was burning the bush but the bush was not consumed and then a voice came from the bush and that changed moses's life one encounter with this word of truth has the power to set you on a new course and remember proverbs 4 says the path of the just it shines brighter and brighter even unto that perfect day you are not destined to a life a life of ups and downs you have not been called to live as more than a pauper you were called to live as more than a conqueror and i can't stand when i see christians living far below the standard that god has set up for you to live in the bible says in first John chapter 5 and verse uh, verse 4 whatever is born of God Jesus did not come to show you what life as God on the earth looks like no he came to he actually emptied himself of his glory took on the form of a man who had lived his life in dependence upon the Holy Spirit to show you what life yielded to the Holy Ghost can do for you Jesus was not dominated by life Jesus was not dominated by Satan Jesus was not dominated by poverty he was not dominated by sickness Jesus lived a life of total dominion and then 1st John 5 4 says whatsoever is born of God if you're a born again believer redeemed by the blood whatever is born of God has overcome has overcome there's too many people that are waiting for death to come before they can finally say we've overcome and when you do that you're making death your savior and not Jesus Christ your savior death is not my 
my Savior. I don't have to wait till I cross over to heaven before I start to have victory and breakthrough in every area of life. When I came to Jesus, just the blood shed for me that washed my sin away and gave me a new identity, a new position. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any man, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what color of skin you have. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what country you're born in. It doesn't matter what you've even done prior to that moment. If any man, I want you to write in the comment section today, any man, and if you're a woman, any woman, anyone, just write anyone. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he has become, not he will become, he has become a new creature. The old life is gone. Your life did not begin your actual life did not begin when you were born. Your actual life began when you were born again, not by the will of flesh, not because your parents came together and had you, not by the will of the blood, not by the will of anything else, but by the will of God. The Bible says if any man is born again, he is a new creature, all things have passed away. I'm leaving my past behind and everything has become new and I want this broadcast to be for you. A broadcast that sets in motion a new mentality that allows you to live not quoting if any man be in Christ he's a new creature but actually living in its reality I'm a new creature I've been redeemed I've been saved by grace I've been redeemed from every lawless deed the Bible says and I have put on the nature of Christ if we are redeemed our life should look different from people who don't have a redeemer if we are, have a healer in our life if Jesus said I am Jehovah Rapha the God who heals you then we, our life should look different from people who don't have Jehovah Rapha in their hearts and in their life if we are redeemed our life should look vastly different from those who do not have a redeemer and that's what pains me the most is people who have a treasure you can have a million dollars stored up in your bank account but if you don't know it's there and if you've never you don't have the pin to access it all of that money and that resource and all of that finance all those finances will do you no good people they they love to have this book collecting dust on their cabinets and on their, their tables or in the back of their car that they pick it up every Sunday and only Sundays alone and not knowing that within its pages are power to produce wonderful, marvelous results that what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what has never even entered the heart of man, God has reserved for you. You were redeemed unto better things. Salvation was not a step down. Salvation is a step up. I can't stand when people come to me and say, well, you know, before I was saved, I had this working for me. I had this. I was, I, I, I had money. I had a division one scholarship and all that and then Jesus came and ever since then well I lost everything but one day I'll make it past the pearly gates and it'll be worth it I'm here to tell you it's worth it now the Bible says Jesus said in Mark 10 if any man gives up land or property or houses or family whatever you lose for my sake and the gospel's sake Jesus said I will add to you a hundredfold not only in the life to come but in this life he says I mean, you can study the life of Peter, the life of Paul. They weren't waiting for heaven. 
to cast out devils. There's not going to be any devils there to cast out. They weren't waiting for heaven to have victory over sin. They said sin no longer now has dominion over me. And I believe today is going to mark a new beginning in your life, a new chapter. Just like Hannah, nothing might have changed on the outside when Eli said, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. But she got up, something changed. Her complexion changed and her inner spirit changed direction. And when you can change the, the course of your thoughts, you can change the course of your life. Things might look the same from the beginning of this broadcast to the end of this broadcast in the natural. But I believe there is a shift that is taking place in your life where you will no longer be the same. And this day will mark the beginning of a life of glory to glory, of victory to victory. Remember, the Bible says, they that appear before God in Zion, they shall go from strength to strength, from strength to strength. The Bible doesn't say, let the weak, when they feel like it, begin to say they're strong. No, let the weak say, I am strong. Gone are the days of weakness in the body of Christ. He's not coming back for a weak, defeated, emaciated church. He's coming back for a glorious bride that is without spot or wrinkle that is occupying taking dominion on the earth until he comes he said blessed is that servant whom when he comes will find so working and that'll be your story in jesus name joshua chapter 1 verse 3 i want to read this before i move on this is what god tells joshua moses just died and now the people of Israel don't have anybody to lead them into the promised land. They have no one to lead them forward. I want to get this into you at the onset of this broadcast. God always leads you forward. If you're not absolutely convinced of that, you're not going to have breakthrough because you're going to stay content where you're at and just camp where you're at, pitch up your tent and say, well, when the Lord wants to move me, we'll move from here. No, God wants you to move forward. God has already said, Deuteronomy 2, you have dwelt along this mountain long enough God can stand stagnancy he cannot stand idleness he actually tells the parable Jesus says there was a, a man who came out and wanted to hire some servants servants at the third hour and he did then at the sixth hour and he did and at the ninth hour and he did and he finds people at the eleventh hour just standing idle and he said, why are you standing idle? Why are you still doing nothing? God does not want you to stand idle. He wants you to have move forward movement. The Bible says very clearly that how blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor does he stand in the path of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of scoffers, meaning he's positioned himself so he's not around wickedness, he's not around sinfulness, he's not around scoffers and mockers, people that are going to mock the power of God, because where you plant yourself is ultimately like a tree if I plant a tree on concrete it ain't going to produce where you plant yourself matters David starts that psalm out by saying I didn't plant myself by concrete I've planted myself in fertile soil that means the church you go to is important because if you hear a broadcast like this today and victory is pumped into your veins from the word of God and you come out like on a faith high knowing that I can run through a troop, I can leap over a wall. But then you go back into some backslidden church where they tell you miracles are not for today. How many of you know the Spirit of God sees to do that? those things in Acts chapter 28? Now we have to come up with new formulas and programs. How many of you know we still struggle every day? We all have our own sins. You start listening to that, you're going to be feeding from two different 
drinking from two different wells. One's going to be fresh water, like the word, and the other is salty water, which you can't drink salt water and not get sick. So you have to be careful from which well you're drinking from. Don't be double-minded. And the way you're not double-minded is by taking heed as to what you let into your heart. The Bible says, take heed what you hear and how you hear it. And let these words, the words of Christ, sink deep down into your hearts. So if you don't take heed what you're hearing and where you're hearing it from, you're, you're going to be a confused individual. You're going to think one thing one day when you feel good, and then when you don't feel good, you're going to think another thing another day. But Jesus said, uh, uh, not Jesus, James, in James chapter 1 said, that you are not to be like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror and then leaves that mirror and immediately forgets what he looks like. That's what happens. People hear a broadcast like this. They go into an anointed service. They, they get pumped and charged by the word. But then they leave and don't set his word continually before them. They start to eat from different menus of different preachers that don't, they don't quote the word. They quote like some famous poet or something you got to take heed if your preacher is speaking more uh, uh, uh verses from a famous poet than he is of the word of god it may be time to leave that church if he's quoting history more than he's quoting bible history and you're just being educated like it was a college classroom then it might be time to seek a new church james says don't look in this mirror that shows you what you're supposed to look like. That shows you your victory status in Christ. That shows you that you're more than a conqueror. That shows you that you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That shows you that if God before you, who can be against you? That shows you that nothing can come against you and prevail as long as God's got his hand on your life. You're going forward. And then you leave that and you immediately go somewhere else that tells you something different. The Bible says you're going to be a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In all his ways, let not not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord. So this is why God tells Joshua, listen to this. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, rise. First things first. Moses, my servant is dead. If you're going to carry a breakthrough mentality, you got to drop the things of the past. You got to move on. It doesn't matter what happened to you up until this day. It doesn't matter what horror story you can quote one after another. You can probably call me and we'd be on the phone for 10 hours of you just telling me everything that's gone wrong. How this person put a spell on me. How this person used to pray I'd fail. Who cares? Who cares what they did? Who cares what they say about you? Who cares what their opinion of you is? Your happiness should not be placed in somebody else's mind. Their opinion shouldn't shift the way you act and the way you talk. God tells Moses, Moses is dead. You guys are mourning. Now's the time to mourn. We're moving on. There's another project to do. There's another level to have. There's another exploit to get done. There's more work to get done. We're, there's too much work to get done in this day, in this last hour of time, for us to soak up the sorrows of our past and as such, get worried and burdened down by the worries of our past so we have no strength to tackle on the feats, the exploits of our future. So Moses, my servant, is dead. But arise, arise. Je Jesus comes in John chapter 5 and sees a man at the pool of Bethesda. And he's been lame there for so long. Some people, they sit down, they, they, they think, I'm just going to take a, a I'm just going to relax here. I'm just going to take a break. I'm just going to sit down and put up a tent. I'm not going to build a house. But then they get comfortable in that. You know, you know, that was a tragedy what happened to me. So let me just, let me just sit down and relax here. Just recalculate 
and get my thoughts in order. But then they never move on. They never get to that point of arise and move. So 38 years later, this guy is still sitting at the pool of Bethesda. What does Jesus do? Hey, do you want to be made well? He didn't ask him, could you please tell me what happened to you? I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear yours. It doesn't matter what your story is. There's no mountain that is unmovable by God. There's no nothing that is irreversible. There's nothing that is unchangeable. There's no problem that you are facing today that is not common to man. It's not some special problem. Stop letting the devil get you to believe that what you're seeing happen around you is some special manifestation of demonic powers. And as such, it's too big. It's too big. It's how prideful is that you honestly think you honestly think your problem's too big for god is there a mountain he can't move is there a rock he can't lift the bible says he's the god of all flesh and nothing is too difficult for him nothing gets him to sweat not your pride insane like well it's you know I, i'm a special case that's so prideful and god resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble instead you should say there's no problem that i'm facing today there's nothing i'm looking to break through today that is not common to man and god is faithful who will not only comfort me and that's where christianity today stops it well let's just you know that person's in a pit let's just throw them a mattress and a, a pillow and get them some bread so they some crumbs they can eat and just just survive the battle just survive the challenge god didn't come to make you to survive challenges the son of god was made manifest to destroy the work of the devil i'm not trying to bring you relief in the trial and tribulation god didn't say i'm come so that you could you could uh, endure life's battles he said i have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly abundantly and i tell you today is going to mark your entrance into that abundant life in the mighty name of jesus christ if you believe that for yourself just put emoji hands up praise hands and shout hallelujah wherever you're at if you're at work shout it in faith and don't care about what other <laughs> whoever says anything about it moses my servant is dead no problem is this common to man and god is faithful who will provide a way of escape so remember that god is going to make a way of escape that's what breakthrough is breakthrough is finding the way of escape it's finding the way out of any situation and i'm not preaching that's why i titled this broadcast carrying the spirit of breakthrough because i'm not trying to tell you that you are to seek breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough that god has called you to like if you looked at it like on a on a graph this would be your life up and then down and up and then down and then up and then down and all around that's not the way god wants your life to be he wants it to be a constant uprising a constant forward and upward trajectory so that's why I entitled it Carrying the Spirit of Breakthrough because I'm not doing this so that you can have a breakthrough. God, does, God wants much more than for you to have a breakthrough. God wants you to carry breakthrough everywhere you go so that when others around you are in need, when others around you need help, you're not the one saying, hey, brother, we're in the same boat. No, we're not in the same boat. I have been seated in heavenly places my citizenship is in heaven and i'm tasting and seeing of the goodness of god so now if you want to taste and see come in here the words i have to say that that's essentially what the life of a believer is it's not oh, we're all in the same boat you know how many of you know we're all struggling in in different ways yeah there are different struggles but you're called to push past the struggle. The Bible says, in this world is trial and tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world, and I've deprived it of any ability to ever drag you down another day in your life.
Moses, my servant, is dead. But arise and go over the Jordan and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread on, I have given you. As I said to Moses, every place from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, this is one of the most powerful portions of all of scripture. Because it's showing God's victory program for Old Testament people. And how much more? If the glory of the Old Covenant was passing away, and the Bible says the glory of the New Covenant is sealed by His blood, and it can never pass away, if God's telling Joshua this, and notice how He doesn't start the letter out by saying, Hey, Joshua, this is for you and for you alone. I don't want you to write these Letter, I don't want you to write these words and let everybody in on this. This is a special program I have for you because you're my chosen servant. No. He said, Joshua, write these things in a book. He wrote it down. Why? So we, through the learning of the scriptures, might find comfort and hope and faith to overcome our present trials. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses... So will I be with you. If you're just tuning in now, you'd be, a great, uh, you'd be greatly encouraging to me if you shared this broadcast and helped me get the word out. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. So don't, don't, I mean, you hear preachers today. We're all weak in different ways. How I many even know we're weak, but he is strong. We're nothing and he's everything. I was nothing. I was weak. But let the weak say I'm strong. Why am I strong now? Because the power of Christ resides in me and greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world. So because of my association with Christ, that's why God keeps telling Joshua, you're to be strong and be of very great courage. Why? Because as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Under the old covenant, God's presence in someone's life was he was by them and he was over them and his hand was on them. In the New Testament, God's not just dwelling by us. The Bible says he dwells in us. He lives in me. He lives in you. And as such, if God told Joshua, because I'm going to be by you, you should be strong and courageous, how much more shall we have the mentality, not of like, you know, some defeated mindset. Nothing's promised in this life. You know, we, we do our best and we leave the rest to God. Amen. No, be strong and courageous. God's not trying to make this word some mis mystery to you. You have to scratch your head and not understand. Man, it's like God's schizophrenic. One day he wants one thing. and No, he's written this book to show you that his will is one thing. And if, it's, if what you're seeing is outside of that today... If you're not, like the word of God says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads on his land that I've given to you and that no man is standing before you, if you're not experiencing that, it's not because God's taking you by another way. It's because there's things you have to, you have to learn from the word. Whenever you ask God for a breakthrough, you need to pay attention for an instruction. Whenever you ask God for a miracle, Open your ears to hear an instruction because it's in following and carrying out that instruction that the breakthrough is going to happen. Breakthrough is not a, a, a matter of luck. 
and chance. It's a matter of obedience. That's why, let's listen to this. Be strong and of very good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land that I have given to their fathers, or which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. There it is again. So that's a position you have to take. I will not be afraid. I don't care how I feel. I don't care if I feel anxious. I don't care if I, I, I feel like I can't, I can't overcome what's ahead of me. It doesn't matter what I feel. I will be strong and of good courage. The Bible throughout the whole 66 books is, I mean, you look at it in Paul, Philippians, be, rejoice, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice, be anxious for nothing. That's a command. It doesn't mean wait till you're not feeling anxious and then you can start. No, be, be, I'm going to set myself. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will not be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. Fear is a choice. I know there's a feeling. When you choose to fear something, that feeling comes and it begins to cripple you. But if you will choose, I'm not going to be afraid. The feeling might not leave at the, at, at the, at the beginning of that decision. But if you remain in that decision to not be afraid, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, that if God before me, who can be against me? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Therefore, I will not be afraid even though my enemies encamp around me, even though there be war that rises up against me, even though there be many around me that says there is no help for him in God, even if my own relatives are saying you're never gonna make it, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you leave that Christianity? Why don't you just adopt a new way a new set of doing it and even if all line up against me the bible says god is my crown god is my glory god is the lifter of my head i'm not gonna sit in discouragement i'm gonna rise up in faith knowing that he that began a good work in me he's going to be faithful to complete that work the moment you start talking like that you're gonna see that feeling of fear change you can't talk like that that's why when i preach I might start the broadcast. I didn't feel anything today starting this broadcast, but the moment I start talking like this, something comes on me. Something comes on me where there's strength that comes into my spirit. There's, there's victory that overwhelms me. If I had any thoughts of defeat, if I had any thoughts of, of, of I don't know how it's going to work out. No, when you start to learn to encourage David, the Bible says, that the Amalekites had come and ransacked the camp of David, took their woman and their children captive. And the, Philist, the, the Israelites, David's own men, picked up stones to stone David because he was the leader and he was responsible for what happened. What did David do? God, why are things so hard? You know, God never promised the way would be easy. No, what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in his God. By my God, I can leap through a troop. By my God, I can run over a wall. By my God, he makes my hands to bend a bow of bronze. He has delivered me from the paw of the lion. He has delivered me from the paw of the bear. He's the God that delivered me from Goliath, that giant. And he's the same God who works on my behalf to deliver me from this present situation. I'm not called to be defeated. I'm called to be more than a conqueror. The Bible says he always leads us to triumph in all things by Christ Jesus. And what happened? When he encouraged himself in the Lord, strength came on him. And then his ears were open to receive instruction from heaven. And when he went out 
when he went out, when the Lord spoke to him, he recovered all that the, the Amalekites had stolen from him. The Bible says he recovered all, nothing was lost. So it, stop focusing on what you've lost out in life. Stop focusing on what have, people have stolen from you, people that have been mean to you, and you've, you, you've just been uh, harboring a spirit of unforgiveness and bitterness towards them. And as such, you yourself have kept you at that level. You yourself have prevented you from moving on into greater things ahead. Today, let it be the day. I'm letting go of my past. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm forgetting the horrors of my past. I'm forgetting tragedy. Whatever I remember in times past, the only thing I'm going to train myself to remember uh, in the past is the good things that God has done for me, is the good things of life. I'm not going to train myself to remember misery and tragedy. I'm going to train myself to remember victory and I'm going to train myself to remember the works of God in times past. I'm going to train myself to remember his testimonies. I'm going to train myself to remember how faithful he's been, how he's never failed me, how he's never forsaken me, how he's never left my side, how when I went through the water, he kept me. When I went through the fire he kept me when I went through the rivers it didn't drown me but I came out not 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 even not even affected by it and when you do that you're gonna see you're not most people are bound not because of a devil but because of mindsets that they have developed over the years that's why God tells Joshua be strong and courageous that's the second time that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Th verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you should meditate in it. So it doesn't say, you know, why don't you think about how great Moses was of a leader and how things are going to be tough now that he's gone. No. This book of the law. Moses' strength was in the word. Moses' strength was in his encounters with God. God's now telling Joshua, you can have access into that very same strength so that no man's able to stand before you, but it's dependent on you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Breakthrough is not in God's responsibilities. God has already put in you everything that is necessary for you to have a spirit of breakthrough and lower your shoulder and break through the obstacles that are ahead of you. Breakthrough is not a matter of what, of, of what God wants. Breakthrough is a matter of what you do with what God has deposited in you. You will make your way prosperous. You will have good success, verse 8 says. 9, he says it again. Have I not commanded you? God says something once, do it, pay attention. If he says something twice, pay real special attention and make sure you get it done quick. If he says something three times, by the presence of two or three witnesses, a fact is established. Have I not commanded you? Didn't I already say this? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid nor be discouraged or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. Before I move on from here, I need to address this because for some people, it, it, some people it goes without saying, some people they need to be told. What I'm about to say and what I'm about to read and what I'm about to preach on will be irrelevant to you. And no matter how much you try and apply these principles and, and, and um, this teaching in your life, if you 
are hooked up to a life of sin, you will continually manifest death, manifest trial, trouble. You will continually uh, bring horror into your life. Sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You can't live in God's life hooked on to the, uh, the spirit of death that's in sin. The Bible says it's the law of sin and death. The Bible says very clearly, the, sin that soul, that sin, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. So no matter what God has said about you in this Bible, if you are insistent in practicing a life of sin, the Bible says, if you say you have no sin, and you are practicing sin, you're a liar and the truth is not, not in you. But if you confess your sin today, and if you'll turn from that in repentance and faith towards God, the Bible says God is faithful and just. He will forgive you and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. And that gives you a legal right to adopt what I'm about to talk about today. The Bible says in Psalm 50, what right have you to take my principles, to take my word in your mouth, seeing you cast my law behind you and you trample on my commandments. The Bible says he that turns his ear from hearing the words of the law, even his prayer is an abomination to God. The Bible says very clearly, the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the sinner is hard. The Bible says in Psalm 16 verse 4, I believe it is, that many sorrows will be to him who hastens after other gods. If you're trying to gain breakthrough, but you're not dropping, <laughs> you're not disconnecting the cords of sin that are keeping you bound, you can try all you want. You can put as much effort, you can sweat, you can tear, you can fast 180 days consecutively, and it won't do you any good. Break free from sin. Get rid of sin today before sin gets rid of you. Now we can move on. I want to I read one of my favorite stories in the Bible, 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 17. And I, I wrote down 10, 10 keys and breakthrough uh, keys from the story of David and Goliath. So most of you have heard this before. If you've not, welcome uh, to this world and leaving that rock you were living under. Your whole life. And uh, I mean, everybody knows this. Even people who aren't Christian know this story. So, But I want to go through it on a detailed level and point out 10 keys David had or applied, 10 mentalities David had that caused him to take Goliath's head out with ease. Let me read. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at, I'm not even going to try, Sukkah which belongs to Judah, and they encamped between, there it is again, Sokka, or Socho, I don't know, and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on one mountain on one side, and the Is Israelites stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze 
armor on his legs and had a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him and he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself. And let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. I defy the armies of Israel this day. The first point that I wrote down in my notes today is... Challenges in life will come. Obstacles will present themselves. But whether you succumb to those obstacles or you overcome those obstacles is entirely dependent on you. And I want to list five things before I move on to the other nine points I have. I want to list five reasons why you can take on the position, why you can have a victory mindset. Why you can look at the challenge today and say that is the, the giants ahead of you today and those will just be bread for us to eat because the hand of God's on our life. I want to show you five things the word says about you that should get you to leave that poor mindset, that poor image of who you think you are and now adapt the Bible perspective of you. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what the devil tries to whisper in your ears. You'll never make it. It doesn't matter. God's word shall prevail for you. God's word is the final word of authority in my life. I am not concerned. I am not concerned with, uh, with what the world thinks about me. That's why I get on these broadcasts and I look like a lunatic. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's this book that paints the picture of what I carry about myself in life. That's why I don't walk around with my shoulders caved in and my back hunched over, looking like I'm just walking on barely getting along street on an endless journey to nowhere. No, I know where I'm going and I know in whom I've believed and I'm confident that he's able to carry out those things that I've entrusted to him. I'm confident of what the Bible says that in Christ I am who he says I am. Now listen to this. Number one, you're more than a conqueror. Romans chapter 8. Let me read this. Romans chapter 8. It's very important to walk in, in these realities I'm about to bring to you. It's very, the way you see yourself is the way the enemy will deal with you. That's why the Bible says in Numbers 13, the 10 spies came, they saw the land, and they came back and gave an evil report of unbelief and said, we are like grasshoppers in their sight and so we were in our own sight. Because their image of who they were was like, a, they felt like they were grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. The, the devil will see you the way you see yourself. That's why there's a story, Bishop Boyadepo said there was a guy that came into his office and uh, he tried to cast out a demon out of someone and the demon slapped him in the face. And Bishop Oyedepo um, was listening to this, and the guy asked him, why? why did he slap me in the face? Like, don't I have authority in Christ and stuff? And Bishop Oyedepo said, you have a face that looks like it can be slapped. 
Meaning you're, you, you can tell all of this is information. You're not, you don't have that fire in your eye and you didn't deal with him as such. And because of that, you were like a grasshopper in your own sight and so you were in their sight. If you want to treat, be treated like a little baby grasshopper, then continue to talk about yourself like you're some miserable wretch, nothing good in me, I never end up getting over. I, seems like I never get things to go my way. Life's hard. I don't trust anybody. You know, when you start talking like, about yourself like that, the devil will gladly accommodate the words you declare and speak over your own life. He'll gladly move in. That's how you're giving a foot to the devil. But what does the Bible say about you? Does it say you're some weak, emaciated, defeated, uh chump of a bean you're some wretched human some disposable object for god no listen to what it says romans chapter 8 verse 31 what then shall we say to these things if god is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all will he not with him freely give us everything else to richly enjoy hallelujah Quit thinking God's holding things back from you. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And the way we can prove that is that God didn't even withhold his only begotten son. And he delivered him up to the hands of sinners to be beaten, to be whipped, to be bruised beyond recognition. And the Bible says if God didn't withhold Jesus from us, but gave him up as a lamb to be shredded, how much more will he not freely give us everything else to enjoy? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? I love that, what Paul is saying. Who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? Just like David. Who shall defy the armies of the living God? Who does this uncircumcised moron think he is? When you see obstacles, when you see the devil trying to hinder you from accessing what God has promised you, don't be patient with him. Because the devil will overstay his welcome if you allow him to. But if at the first sight of his mess in your life, you decide to take action, grab him by the rear and by his neck and cast him out with the attitude that Paul's saying you should have. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who, who has the nerve to stand up against me? When you start thinking and having that attitude, breakthrough is going to be an easy daily thing. Do you think, do you honestly think, do you honestly think that if, if someone is like six foot five, 320 pounds and fit, like actively fit, like it's all pure muscle, like a, a NFL O-line, if he came across me and I was standing between him and uh, I don't know, his kids or whatnot. And I said, you'll never see them again. And I mouthed off as much as I, as I wanted to. Do you honestly think he would bat an eye at my size and appearance? Me being the size I am and him being the size he is? The reason why you feel haunted or the reason why you feel victimized by Satan and you've not dropped the victim mentality is because you still see yourself as a tiny being in the spirit realm 
It doesn't matter what my physical stature looks like. In this, Just like David. David was a small, ruddy kid, handsome in appearance. But in the spirit realm, 1 Samuel 16, the hand of the Lord came on him, the oil was poured on him, and the spirit of God came mightily on him. So he saw him, he didn't look at him in the natural. Saul even tried to discourage him and say, hey, you're like a little kid. You've only been a warrior for a couple of years. This guy's been a warrior from his youth. But David didn't get phased by what Saul was speaking over his life because he knew, I'm anointed with fresh oil. My strength is exalted like that of a wild ox. I've got the anointing of the Holy Ghost in me. The Bible says he has poured out his oil to run over in my cup. And as such, it emboldened him to deal with with physical problems, with, with reality, real problems. The Bible isn't a story about... You know, spiritual problems and God dealing spiritually with things. No, the Bible's a story of people that encountered real problems. Yes, there's the spiritual side of it in sin, and the whole story of the Bible revolves around Christ redeeming us from sin. But if you look at it, you know, like uh, in Acts chapter 27, Paul is shipwrecked. That wasn't a spiritual problem, that was a real problem. And God sent an angel to strengthen him and say, God has granted your life and the life of everyone on the ship. Take heart, be of good courage, eat, for you're going to make it. And he stood up the next day and says, men, be of good cheer. I believe that it will turn out exactly as God has spoken it. And he strengthened the hearts of those that were on that ship and they made it to the other side. They didn't die. We don't have to go when we do the tour of Israel. And then they take us out by boat to the near Malta, where Malta was, but just off the shore, and we see the ship and all the lives and the bones of those, and even Paul's bones are still laid at rest until this day. We No, he made it through that real problem that presented itself. So don't think that God is unconcerned with the f- physical, real problems that you're facing today. Whether it be a problem in your body, whether it be a problem in your mind, whether it be a problem in your finances, maybe it's a problem in your, in your marriage, in your family, whatever it might be, a problem in business, there is breakthrough for you today if you'll choose to engage for it. And remember, breakthrough doesn't get just dropped into people's hands. The scripture says, I have, Deuteronomy 2.24, Israel, I have given you the land ahead of you, and I've given Sihon, king of the Amorites, into your hand, but rise up and contend to possess it. So there's a contention. But listen to this, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Why should we have confidence that we're going to have breakthrough today? Because, listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword? That pretty much deals with every battle of life. Tribulation deals with like common problems. Distress deals with things that cause anxiety in people. Persecution deals with like... Uh, persecution for faith, persecution for, for the blessing on your life, whatever it is. Famine deals with financial problems. Nakedness deals with, again, financial problems. Peril could deal with perilous diseases, sickness in your body, or sword deals with war. So all of these things, verse 36, for your sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, this is where Paul is leading. Yet in all these things, 
We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither. I am persuaded. Paul said, I am persuaded. That none of these things, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created can separate me from the love of Christ, of the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And remember, God is love. And the Bible says, he that abides in love abides in God, and love never fails. So Paul is saying, in all of these things that want to present failure to me, that want to wipe me out, peril, sword, famine, all of these destructive agents of hell that have been sent to suppress and crush me. In all these things, Paul says, I am persuaded. I pray that God will persuade you today that those things aren't the beginning of your end. The thing you're facing today is not the beginning of your end. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are yet ahead of you. For I'm persuaded that in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. And it says why? Because nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And if love never fails me, and uh, no, love never fails, and nothing can separate me from connecting with that love, then nothing can separate me from the victory. And nothing can keep me in failure. Hallelujah. Man, I'm excited about this. Number one, you're more than a conqueror. Because of the love of God present in your life. God loves you. God loves you. This might be a novel concept for people. And some people can sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But the Bible says in Ephesians 3, Paul says that God would make you to understand what is the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. The love of God cannot be received in your mental faculty. It surpasses knowledge. But Paul is saying, I pray that you'll have an encounter, an experiment, an experiment, an, exper uh, an experience with that love, which surpasses all understanding so that you can have the love of Christ rooted deep in you. What is God's love? God's love is expressed primarily in that he didn't hold back Jesus, but gave him for the redemption of mankind. But even, what does that demonstrate? That God is good. You got to be convinced God is good. You got to be convinced that God wants the best for you. You got to be convinced that God wants you to move forward. You got to be convinced that God's not waiting in heaven with a lightning bolt ready to strike you down. God's not against your progress. God is for your progress. God is not against your progress. God is not against your destiny. God is the author of your destiny. You are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for what? For evil works? For good works. You'll never have breakthrough if you think you're, that God is keeping you from the breakthrough. And you'll never carry a spirit of breakthrough unless you understand the goodness of God. Get this in your spirit today. The devil is a bad devil. God is a good God. Get this in your spirit today. I don't understand why some preachers are so intent about talking about condemnation, guilt, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. Not bashing them over their head saying, you're, you know, you miserable dummy. After everything you've done, you think you're just going to step into God's kingdom and get healed? You got you to gotta go through the hoops we went. That's exactly what the prodigal son had to face when he came home. His own brother. I've been with you all this time. You've never given me a fatted calf. You've never given me anything. Why should he have it? 
That's what religion does. Religion seeks to rob people from the blessing they never had faith to receive. I'll say that again. Religion seeks to rob people of blessings that they themselves never had faith to receive because they had a marred image of God. And people sing songs in church that mar the image of God. Even if the healing doesn't come, I still... Even if the healing doesn't come. Sometimes his blessings are in raindrops, meaning like hard times. Hard times. That's such worldly wisdom. Ask Obed Edom what happens when God visits somebody. Obed Edom within three months went from someone who was a non-entity to the one who is the, the fame and praise of Israel. That King David got wind of what, was, what God was doing for him, how he was blessing him, how everything was thriving around him, how he was experiencing all around breakthrough. And he said, get that guy to come and bring back the Ark of the Covenant. Could, could you imagine if I wrote songs about you? Like I have Esther on. Imagine I wrote Esther Salgado. If I started writing songs about how Esther deprives me of certain blessings and Esther, uh, you know, she's in... Esther is... Uh, I don't mean to pick you out, Esther, but it's just your name. That's the name I caught. You know, I started to like defame your name. Because that's the image I have of you, so I'm going to write songs about you that, that defame you, that, that, that strip you of your goodness. Like you're a lying thief, and you're a cheater, and you're, you're a, a homicidal maniac, and you're a child abuser, and you're a... Imagine I started singing songs like that, which a lot of songs, they literally make God out to be a child abuser. If I being evil in, the eye, in comparison to God's goodness, the Bible says, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. That you want them to succeed. That you want them blessed. That you want them to move forward. That you want them to, have, to, to be the head always and not to be the tail. How much more shall your heavenly father be good to his own children? So imagine I started writing songs that you're a homicidal maniac, a child abuser, and, and people sing them like, It would tick you off. You'd maybe file a lawsuit against me for defamation of character. Well, how do you think God feels when he hears most of the songs sang in America and around the world? Making him to be, a, to be something that he's absolutely not. Every good, every perfect gift comes down from above. The father of lights in whom there's no shifting shadow. Meaning he's not about to change. He hasn't changed from the Alpha, he's not going to change to the Omega. He is the one who was. He is the one who is. He is the one who is to come. He is the Ancient of Days and the Rock of Ages. He is the unchangeable God. He is the God who said, I change not. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the Son of Man that he should change his mind concerning you. He's, he wanted to bless you in Deuteronomy 28. He still wants to bless you today. He still wants you to be the head and not the tail. He still wants to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey he still wants to give you 
health and healing and total vitality. He still wants to bring you into financial prosperity and take you out of financial hardship. He still wants to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. He hasn't changed his mind concerning you. He still wants to break you free from the chains of sin and death. He still wants to give you all things richly to enjoy. He still has good and perfect gifts that he wants to get into your hands today. But if you continue, if you continue to think that he's some wicked villain, that the devil and God are in a back room planning your life to teach you lessons, you'll never, you'll never break through. Number one, you're more than a conqueror. Number two, you are seated with Christ. Ephesians 2. The Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. Why you should carry the spirit of breakthrough? Why should you not fall prey to staying stagnant and idle in the same place year on year on year on year on year? And just be content with where you're at. Because you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Number three, you're connected to Christ. The Bible says he that has been joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You're one spirit with Christ. And Christ is not, was not a loser and Christ is not a loser. Christ is the conqueror. The Bible says he has disarmed principalities and powers. The Bible says <coughs> he is the, the greater one that dwells in us. The scripture says very clearly that he is the one who overcame, who holds the keys of death, hell, and the grave, the one who was dead. But it was not possible that death itself could lay hold of him. For three days later, he broke free from the hold of death and came out of that grave. So the ultimate breakthrough of history was Jesus breaking through, breaking past the chains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by them. That Jesus lives in you. If death couldn't hold him down, what business do you have in being held down by anything else in life? Hallelujah. If death could not hold Jesus down and you, through redemption, are joined with Christ Jesus, what business does anything else have in holding you down so that you don't get to the other side? Number three, connected with Christ. Number four, the greater one lives in you. 1 John 4, 4. And number five, understand God is your helper. The help of man is useless. God is your helper. And if God's the one helping, it's not going to fail. If God's the one helping, for example, if, um, if I had two kids, I only have one kid. But if I had two kids... And they were both roughly, you know, maybe five years old and six years old. And they were racing in a pool. And it was like a 30 meter or 30 feet, 30 foot race. And one of them started off from point A. They both started off from point A. He, one of my kids, had to run on his own energy and finish the race and hope he'd win. But the other one, when that kid was under, you know, under the water, the other one... I end up taking the other kid and I, I launch him halfway through the pool so he has a halfway head start. Who do you think is going to win that race? The kid that I launched into the pool so he has a 15-foot head start. He, you know, both the same age roughly. They're both, they both know how to swim. He's, he's most likely going to win the race. Well, you have to see yourself. You have, a, you have an advantage over other people because God's not helping everybody. But if you're in Christ today and you're in obedience, praise the Lord, watching from India, welcome. I'm not even going to try to present 
pr- pronounce your last your your name, but Thawani, Mr. or Mrs. Thawani, welcome from India. God's not helping everyone, but if you're walking in obedience, you have an advantage over everybody else. And those are five reasons why no challenge in life should ever wipe you out. You are grossly advantaged. Everybody's talking about privilege and all that now. You have, if you're a child of God, you have the greatest privilege. The greatest privilege. Because your position as a child of God, just like any parent wants his child to succeed and do the best and always be on top, God has that same desire towards you. Let me go through the story of David and then, and then I'm going to pray. Because we're already an hour in. So I stopped here. I defy the armies of the living God this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Point number two, learn from the story of David. How you react to problems will determine whether you find a solution or not. The Bible says when they heard the words of Goliath, the, Philist- the Israelites were greatly afraid. They-, they let fear set in. And as such, they didn't do anything about the situation. They just sat by and hoped that someday uh, things would turn for them. Maybe Goliath would get tired and leave. And maybe the, the Philistines would, uh, you know, concede. I don't know. They were just waiting for breakthrough to happen. Breakthrough is not something you wait ha- for it to happen. Breakthrough is something you make happen. The Bible says very clearly that because of their reaction of fear, they stayed paralyzed in fear and never had breakthrough. So how you react to a problem will determine whether you break free from it, whether you find a solution or not. Don't remain Don't remain as one who's constantly running for human help as well. Because that's another problem. The moment something presents itself, you pick up your phone and call 18 different people asking them for help. Instead of first going into prayer and into the word to find a solution from the word to, 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 to gain the victory in what you're facing today. So how you react is your first reaction to the problem you're facing. I'm going to God. I see my mountain, but I'll look above my mountain from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. If God can't do something about your situation, what's the point of going anywhere else anyways? If God can't heal you, what what doctor can? If God can't overcome or help you to overcome the problem you're facing right now, who who in the right mind should try? So how you react will determine whether you find a solution or not. I want to skip down. I'm going to skip down to verse, verse 22. So David now is sent by Jesse to go and give his you know, bread to his brothers and whatnot. David leaves his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper. He ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, there was the champion. So look, the Israelites, look at the way they reacted and what it gave birth to. Nothing changed for them. Look at how David reacted. As he talked with his brothers, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, uh, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard the words. The same words. Goliath spoke, crippled the the Israelites in fear. When David, who was anointed, And who the Bible says loved, he treasured God's word 
like it was silver and gold. He had God's word hidden in his heart. When Goliath spoke in the hearing of David's ears, because of the abundance of God's word in him, it, he reacted differently. It irritated him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And it shall be the man that kills him. The king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. And David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? I'm going to pause there. Point number three, David recognized that Goliath was an uncircumcised Philistine. What does that mean? When something was uncircumcised, it was not in covenant with God. By him saying this was an uncircumcised Philistine, he was recognizing or identifying that this thing that's seeking me uh, seeking to prevent me from breakthrough seeking to hinder me in my forward progress and my forward movements this is not part of my covenant if you're going to carry a spirit of breakthrough you have to identify the things that are holding you down as not part of the covenant they're not part of what God has promised me and as such I'm anointed to cut them out of my life I'm anointed to take action against the things that challenge my covenant with God that covenant is in place it hasn't moved if I'm not so on God's end nothing changes he's not the variable we're the variable based on how we identify and how we deal with things that are uncircumcised Anything that challenges your healing is uncircumcised and as such you're anointed to have breakthrough over those things in the, in the area of healing. Anything that challenges your, 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 your financial well-being is out of covenant because Deuteronomy 8.18 already said, I am the Lord your God who made a covenant with you to give you power to create wealth. God's covenant, in God's covenant, God has given you power to create wealth. So if there's something that's draining away in the area of finances, that's an uncircumcised Philistine and you're anointed to rise up and take authority over that thing. So quit being patient. Waiting for things to move. I, I, I wrote it down in my notes before. Many are too patient with failure. They're too patient with failure. Well, let's just see how this turns out. Why wait? The word of God on your mouth, spoken out of faith, can actually shape your future. So why wait and see how things will turn out when you have the power of God, by the word of God in your heart, spoken out of your mouth, to actually make things turn the way you want them to turn? So number three is anything outside of covenant, David recognized, I'm anointed to take that thing out. When you carry the spirit of breakthrough, it's that same attitude that'll come on you. When you hear things, challenge what God's promised, you're not gonna say, well, you know, in this world, people love to quote half verses. In this world, there's trial and tribulation. Finish the verse, take heart. I've overcome the world and I've given you power to do the same. The Bible says, giving thanks unto Christ who always gives us the victory. He always gives us the victory. 
always gives us the victory. When you carry the spirit of breakthrough, you always have a possibility mentality. You have a mindset that I refuse to be defeated. I refuse to give up and quit. The only person the devil can successfully crush is the one who decides to quit. The only person the devil can successfully wipe out is the one who decides to quit. If you refuse to quit, having done all to stand, the Bible says the God of all peace will himself establish you and strengthen you and glorify you. Those whom he did call, he did justify. Whom he justified, he did glorify. If you refuse to quit, I refuse to be defeated. Don't get familiar with defeat. You might have lost a battle. That doesn't mean that you are a loser. That does not mean that you can just sit down and say, well, you know, I used to believe like you until one day. You actually never really believed because if you really did believe, even if that thing was still going on, you would still be declaring the word of the Lord concerning that situation. You know, people that get sick and die and then their family, family members... They gather around now and they, they adopt this new theology that sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, sometimes he says maybe, we'll never know, but you know, we just keep on holding on. And what happens? Then all their family members start getting sick because they have adopted this uh, anti-scriptural reasoning in their mind. And it, it inv- the devil will gladly accommodate poor theology. He'll come in and he'll make himself at home. Instead, it might have happened wrong for them. Things might have not gone wrong, right for other people. Things might have gone sour for other people. But I know in whom I've believed. I'm, con- I'm fully persuaded that this book is not a book that contains God's word. That's, you know, there's some areas that are prone to error. There's some areas that are, inf- that are infallible and inerrant. And there's some areas that are prone to error. No, the whole scripture is God breathed. The whole scripture is not open to private interpretation. If men are faithless and it didn't work out for them, God abides faithful and he does not deny his word. The Bible says, even if we, deny, even if we are faithless, he cannot deny himself. For he honors his word above all his name. He honors his word above all his name. I'm convinced that God is who he says he is. And nothing will ever change that for me. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him and said, So it shall be for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why, do you, why did you come up here? And with whom have you left those few sheep of yours in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Point number four, break free from the slavery of man's opinions. If you're going to carry the spirit of breakthrough, you got to break free from the slavery of man's opinions. Constantly caring about what other people say about you. David didn't say, Oh man, I can't believe my brothers would say something like that. You know, forget them. They're not worthy of me. I, I, I'm going home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up my laptop and write a blog on the oppression of my past and all that. I mean, people are obsessed with being victims. 
They love it. They like crave it. They love to identify every wrongdoing and then use that as, um, as an excuse as to why things aren't working for them now. <laughs> he could have easily have said, ah, they don't even know who I am. You know, that's what insecurity does. David had no insecurity in him. David had more than, that's why he said, some boast in chariots, some boast in horses. I boast in the Lord of heaven's armies. And he's my helper. He's the lifter of my head. Though there be many around me, in this I shall be confident. David had, he exuded confidence. And when you're insecure, you oftentimes perceive confidence as what? Arrogance. When in reality, confidence is actually a godly characteristic. It's a godly trait. It's a godly thing. But when you have insecurity, you see people that talk like that as arrogant. When in reality, they're not arrogant. They're confident. They're persuaded. They walk with their head up. It's good to be confident. Not confidence in your own ability. Not confidence in your own sufficiency. Not confidence in your, uh, your glory. Confidence in God's ability to make good on what He's promised. Confidence in that God who is for me, as a result, nothing can prevail against me. Confidence that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Confidence that the God who set my life in motion is the God who upholds me and sustains me and holds me up in His right hand of righteousness. Therefore, I don't have to be afraid. My heart can remain steadfast. My heart can be unshakable. That's the confidence God's going to breed in you. I pray in the name of Jesus, every trace of insecurity, every trace of, um, of lack of self-confidence gets blown out of your life today. From today, I pray uh, uh, an attitude of confidence. A confidence like Hebrews says, not wavering, not casting aside our confidence, not an up and down confidence. I pray from today you will not cast away this confidence because he who promised is faithful and he shall bring it to pass. Break free from the slavery of men. Man's opinions. And, and I'll tell you something. The loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. And the people that are gonna, they feel like they have the right, just like the brother. What right had they? He, he didn't ask his brothers for his, their opinion. He just said, is it true that if I kill this guy, I'll, I'll, I'll get tax-free tax status? Man, if I do this, you too, you're part of my family. They should have been happy. Instead, why don't you go back to those few sheep? They try, people like that. And you got to break free from people like that. If you're constantly around people like that, you're going to have a hard time breaking free from their opinions residing in your mind. So the Bible says, He that walks with the wise will himself be wise, but the companion of a fool will be destroyed. Break company with people like that. They try and make you feel small. Try and make you feel dumb. Try and make you feel like, a, like a, the runt of the family. Associate. Gather yourself. Assemble with people that'll tell you what God says about you. That'll tell you uh, what the word declares about you. That you're a tree firmly planted by a stream of water. That you'll always bear fruit. To not worry, neither be afraid. For he that is with you shall be with you to the end. Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. That God's your helper. And you'll see, you'll have a much easier time sustaining that confidence in you. People who do nothing love to critique the most of people that do something. Because they have nothing else to do with their time. They're doing nothing. So what do they do? 
They love to talk about people that are doing something and try and bring you back. The moment you decide to, to go to a higher level, we're talking about the spirit of breakthrough. The moment you decide to break through to another level, I guarantee you that you're going to have people, family, relatives, friends, close friends that are going to get around you who've been at the level. They didn't mind when you were at their level. They didn't care when you were at the small level they were at. The moment you decide to take a step up that ladder is when they're going to reach down with their words and bring you back because they can't fathom the fact that there was another level and they didn't attain it because of one reason or another. And so they can't fathom the fact that you will. You will get there. Their own pride. Well, if I didn't get there, then nobody else should. So they try and bring people down with their words. David didn't let that get to them. Get to him. He dropped those. As soon as those words hit him, they fell off him. And listen to what happened. David said, listen to what David said. What have I done now? Isn't there a cause? What have I done now? Isn't there a cause? Him saying, what have I done to you? I'm trying to help you out. I'm going to give you tax-free status if I get this thing done. Isn't there a cause? I mean, isn't there a reason to act? If nobody acts, who will act? Isn't there a reason to act? Then he turned from him and towards another and said the same thing and the people answered him. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's, fail, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. It leads me to point five. You have to act confident even when you don't feel confident. David saw Goliath. He saw his massive stature. And what did David tell Saul? Let no man's heart fail. So he knew people's hearts were failing because his heart, I'm sure there was something in his heart that was like, on, you know, he was feeling something. And I'm talking a lot, but I, I've got I to put action behind my words now. But he acted confident even if he didn't feel confident. He spoke confident even if he didn't feel confident, even if there was no evidence of confidence in him. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine and to fight him. You're a youth, and this man's been a warrior from his youth. Point six, you have to fight internal and external suggestions that tell you you're not able to do what God has called you to do. Now he had, so before it was his brothers, so he could have said, just, you know, given off to sibling rivalry or whatnot, but now the king himself, who was a master, a, strateg a master at strategizing for war, who had been, who had fought in many battles, all of a sudden tells David, you're, you, you can't do this. So you have to learn to fight the internal thoughts that tell you you're not going to do it, and you have to learn to fight the external sources of those thoughts which is other people telling you you're not going to be able to do it and you have to start to declare within yourself i am more than able to do everything that god has called me to do i'm more than able i am more than able that's what the fight of faith is fight the good fight of faith what is the good fight of faith it is the 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 fight of the of the battlefield of the mind you're gonna have thoughts they're gonna say you're not You'll never break through to that. You'll never get to that level. You'll never move on to that next level. You have to learn to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and say, no, if God be for me, I'm more than able. You have to fight the internal and the external suggestions. Number seven, 
is focus. You have to focus on your past victories because that'll build confidence for your present battle and obtain present day breakthrough. How do we know that? David goes on to say, your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like the rest, seeing that he has defied one of uh, the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the bear and from the paw of the lion is the same who will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. You have to learn to reminisce on the past victories because that'll build and embed present faith for present victory and current breakthrough that you have need of. The Bible says that faith, through faith, they subdued kingdoms. Through faith, they obtained righteousness. Through faith, they turned to flight the armies of aliens. Through faith, they, um, out of weakness, were made strong. So faith is needed for breakthrough and faith is energized and charged when you begin to think on past victories, the victories of your past. Daniel, Shadrach, uh, Shadrach Meshach, and Abednego, the Bible says, um, that they, they said to the king who was going to throw them into the fiery furnace, our God will deliver us. Well, how did they know our God will deliver us? Because they had read of Israel in Egypt. They had read the testimonies that Moses laced down. They had read the story of David. So they were able to say, our God will deliver us. They had no, no question in their mind. And you look, at, you look at other stories in Scripture, constantly God is reminding the people, I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God who, who swallowed up the Egyptians by the Red Sea. I am the Lord your God. Why do you think he kept bringing that to memory? It's like a broken record throughout the Old Testament because he wanted to show them that the, I have not forsaken you. I'm still on standby. I'm still the dreaded champion that stands by you, ready to bring you into, into victory today. David said, why so downcast, O my soul? Remember God from beyond the Jordan. Remember him in times past and his faithfulness in times past. You have to focus on past victories. Psalm 78, the Bible says, this is my sorrow, but I will remember the right hand of God. I will make mention of what he's done for me. I will remember the years of the, of the right hand of the Most High. Meaning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember the days where I firsthand saw God's power. You got to go back. You might be facing something today. And maybe you even let your mouth complain about it. Instead, use your mouth to glorify God today by talking about how he delivered you from that depression. How he delivered you from that car accident. How he delivered you from that financial uh, turmoil that should have wiped you out. All the things that the enemy designed to wipe you out, they failed then. And you'll see, the same way they failed then, when you start to remember that, memory has a power to bring joy and victory in your heart today, to show you the same weapons that failed then are the same weapons that'll fail to, today. I will remember. I will remember. It's an intentional thing. Something you have to fix your mind to do. I'm not going to dwell on the negativity of my past. I'm going to dwell on God's faithfulness in my past. 
Number eight, if you want God to fight with you, you have to be determined to go God's way. How do we know that? Verse 38, continuing on. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk and he said, I have not tested them. And he said, I can't walk in these for I've not tested them. David tried to, you know, Saul tried to make him go another way. He tried to um, impose his own his own way on David, when David already had it set in his mind, there's only one way to go, and that's God's way, which was to take smooth stones and knock him out. So you have to make a decision today. I'm looking away from alternatives. I'm looking away from plan Bs. I'm looking away at other agents of help and my trust. I have absolute dependence on God. You have to put yourself in a position where if God fails, you fail. If this ship goes down, then I... If God's ship goes down, then my ship goes down. Literally, put all your eggs in one basket. And you'll see, when you start to do that, God has a reputation to uphold. He says, I honor my word above my name, but a good name in Proverbs is to be chosen rather than choice silver. A good name, meaning a good reputation. God's saying you should guard your reputation. God himself guards his reputation. That's why you can see throughout the Old Testament, he says that you might know that I, the Lord, has done it. That you might know that I, the Lord, has done it. So when you put all the pressure on him through faith actions and faith words, for the breakthrough you're seeking today, you're going to see God will have no choice but to act. God will have no choice but to act. And I'm not trying, we're not trying to like dishonor God by twisting his, no. He said, I'm watching over my word to perform it, but I need someone who's going to take my word seriously and act on it. So if you want God to fight with you and for you, you got to be determined to go God's way. You got to forsake alternatives. Cursed is the man who trusts in flesh, who makes flesh his strength. Cursed is that man. You attract a curse when you look to alternative sources. But when you say, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to put my strength in the Lord. I'm going to hope and bring my expectation in God alone. My expectation shall be in Him and Him only. James, John, uh, Jeremiah 17 says it this way, Then that man will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, and they will yield fruit in every season. They will not fail. They will not be fearful in a year of drought. No alternatives. Number nine, learn to use your mouth as a weapon. Verse 46, I'll skip forward to it. So David now is taunted by Goliath. He says, am I a dog that comes to you and sticks and stones? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Anytime you step out like this, you're all, the devil's going to try and heat up, heat, heat things up and try and make you to back down by throwing at you words of intimidation. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and stones? Like you really think you're going to beat me with that? You really think that the word of God's enough? You really think the blood of Jesus is? You really think putting faith in that God? What confidence is this? He'll try and attack your confidence. What confidence is this in which you trust? Has anyone else been able to free? Look at all the other Israelites cowering in fear. You think you're any better? You don't even have experience under your belt. And David replied, I've got a different kind of experience. You come to me with sword and spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God. I've used this name before, and my confidence is built on that name. 
Because he said, the same God that delivered me from the paw of the bear, when I rose up to take authority over that thing in, this, in, in, in the name of God, I was able to, uh, to destroy the bear. I was able to kill the lion. So he didn't have experience in battle in a, with a sword and a javelin and a spear, but he had experience in battle with the word and with the name of God. And he said, I've come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, whom you've defied. And this day, you got to learn to use your mouth as a weapon. Words are powerful weapons that subdue the enemy. David, before he killed Goliath with a stone, he killed him with his word. This day, I'll deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and take your head off from you. And this day, I'll give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So David put his hands in his bag and took out a stone. And he drew near to meet David. Sorry, verse 48. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David. David hurried and ran towards the army of the Philistine to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a smooth stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank deep into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the earth. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in the hand of David. So David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut the head off of a uh, of Goliath. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. They fled. Number nine, learn to use your mouth as a weapon. Learn to mouth back. When the devil says you're not going to make it, learn to use the word of God as a weapon on your tongue to say, I'm going to by all means possess the land that God's given to me. No man will be able to stand before me all the days of my life. When sickness starts to knock on your door, say no. Jehovah Rapha, God is my healer. When depression starts to settle in, say no. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Hope in God, ye shall praise him yet again for the help of his countenance. When, when uh, the devil starts to whisper into your, your, into your ear that you're a failure, that you're, you're a, a, a loser, that you're a defeated foe, that you're a victim, that the horrors of your past are going to chase you into your future, you start to say i'm forgetting those things that are behind me i'm pressing in to the things ahead i will not be defeated he that began a good work in me shall complete it i'm not moving backwards i'm moving forward i'm laying hold on those things which christ jesus has laid hold of for me i'm not letting the sacrifice of the blood of jesus go in vain everything that blood purchased for me i'm gonna see my children shall rise up and be blessed i shall rise up and be blessed and the bible says very clearly that your enemy will come in one way and be defeated before your face and be scattered seven ways when you start to talk that way. Number one, start to learn to use your mouth as a weapon. And no, Number nine, sorry. And number 10, number 10, and this is important because this will maintain, this is what will cause you to carry breakthrough everywhere you go. You got to make sure that when you strike down, you move to kill. David didn't just knock Goliath down. He moved to kill. He moved to kill. People have a little victory and then they get back into their, own, their old methods and their old ways. And then the problems, even Jesus said when an unclean spirit comes out of a man, he goes to dry places seeking rest, finding none. He tries to come back to the house. When he sees it slept 
swept and clean and put in order. Meaning he didn't do anything. He didn't fill himself with other things. It was swept, it was clean, it was put in order, but it was still empty. He goes and finds seven other spirits more wicked than he, and he enters in, and the latter place, the latter um, state of that man is worse than the former. So don't just strike down, move to kill. And then position yourself and establish an environment around you so that you make sure that you never go back, that you're never caught up in those thorns and snares that you were caught up in. Set your life in such a way where sin is impossible. Set your life in such a way where, where, where the chains the enemy had on you, it's impossible for, for freedom Christ has set you free. Therefore, the Bible says, do not be subject again to a yoke of bondage. Set your life in a way where you're, you can't even be subject to a yoke of bondage. Those are 10 lessons I learned from the story of David and Goliath. That showed you that the breakthrough spirit David carried. And remember, that wasn't the first, that wasn't the last giant David slaughtered. He went on to kill five of his brothers, and David never lost a battle. So that wasn't just a special moment in his life. He carried an attitude and a spirit of breakthrough that caused him to carry breakthrough everywhere he went, that he never lost a battle. Anytime war encamped around him, anytime his adversary in his foe and his, his opposition came against him. He always had victory. He always came up on top. That's what the spirit of breakthrough does. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll lose every mentality that causes you to fall into defeatism. Victim mentality, broke mentality. I'm poor, we're all poor. We're all. In the name of Jesus, I pray that that just flushes out of your life, out of your mind. And from today, that that same spirit of faith that was in David would come in you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That whenever you see opposition, your first thought will not be to fall back. Your first thought will be, that's just another fool that's gotten in my way that will be laid flat. I pray that the next time a problem arises, because problems will arise. That's why I'm not preaching how to have breakthrough today. I'm talking about how to carry breakthrough so you can break free today and... Not be a prayer project the rest of your life. You're not called to be a prayer project. Having a needy, give me, give me mentality. That you're on everybody's prayer list. And you have nobody on your prayer list because you're so bombarded with problems you're facing today. I pray that the Lord will put a victory spirit in you. That the moment opposition arises, like David, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Isn't there a cause... Why am I going to stay down and watch it take root in my life? No, I'm anointed to uproot. I'm anointed to take charge, to take dominion. And that'll be your story in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
If you believe that for yourself, just type amen. If you're watching right now, you need to get saved. The only, <laughs> there's only one way you can walk in this life that I'm talking to you about right now. And that's, that's by getting saved. The Bible says, unless you're born again, you'll never enter into the kingdom of God. You'll never enter into the kingdom of heaven. You'll never see these things play out in your life. You'll constantly be a victim of failure. You have to be born again. Whatever is born again has overcome this world. So if you're watching right now and you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ, today's the day to do it. This isn't an option. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't, this is what's worked for me. And I tell you, it could potentially work for No, this will work for you because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. This isn't a way amongst ways. This isn't a truth amongst truth. There's only one truth. There's only one way. And there's only one life. Christianity is both exclusive and inclusive. It's exclusive in that only those that receive it belong to the kingdom of God. It's inclusive in the sense that it's available. It's a universal call. God has made a clarion call, a universal call to all mankind. The Bible says he overlooked your times of ignorance, but now commands every man everywhere to repent. And what happens when you repent? Times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 3 says it this way. God has sent Jesus first to you to bless you in turning you away from your iniquities. God can't bless you until you turn from sin. And the blessing of God is the answer. It is the solution to the problems of men. So I encourage you today. Pray this with me. Say this from your heart. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I turn from sin. I believed you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I will live for you. Old things have passed away. Everything becomes new. I'm turning to you today. Fill me with your spirit. Where I was weak, give me your strength. And I pray, give me breakthrough in the area I need breakthrough in. Breakthrough in my body, breakthrough in my mind, breakthrough in my spirit. Give me all around victory as I learn to serve you from this day onward. In Jesus' name, my sins are forgiven. I'm washed by the blood. Heaven is my home. God is my Father. And I'm never turning back. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would love for you to get in contact with me, salvationnow.ca. The first link that pops up is I just got saved. Fill it out. Get it to me. I want to get something to you free of charge. We pay shipping handling. I just want to help you out. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji. Or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you, and until next time.